Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Pardee, and today we're going to be continuing our Who Are They series by breaking down the Houston Texans. Let's get into it. Alright, so in case you're new here, which only about 30% of you are subscribed, so in case you aren't, go hit that subscribe button. Love to have you guys join me. Um, what I'm going to be doing is breaking down the each team's roster position by position while asking questions about what I want to see while watching every team play this year. Um, at the end of it, I'm going to be doing an optimistic and a pessimistic overview of the season as well as talking about their Vegas over-under win total and then talk about the team's biggest strength and weakness. Additionally, I made hoodies. Um, if you want to check them out, you can see them on my Carolina Panthers video and for the next video that gets the most likes and views that I have, I will be giving away a hoodie to whoever comments, so or the, to the top comment. So, if you want to try to win one, go comment below. Alright, without any further ado, let's get on into the Houston Texans. So, starting off with their quarterbacks, they have Davis Mills, Kyle Allen, Jeff Driscoll, and Kevin Hogan. So, Mills showed some flashes as a rookie, and... In a situation as poor as Houston had last year, that is pretty promising. Although he has limited physical upside and ability, he has shown to be an accurate quarterback last year. So now in year two with quarterback guru Pep Hamilton, who was just promoted to offensive coordinator, we'll see if he can take some strides and be this team's franchise quarterback. Kyle Allen had the chance to start his sophomore year with Carolina, but did not impress there. He has proven that he can come in and be competitive, but definitely not someone you want starting. Driscoll has shown some flashes so far in his career, mostly off the back of his high physical abilities. As a QB though, he has not been good so far, being a backup these past couple years in a poor Denver room. Hogan has bounced around as a backup, lasting snaps in 2017 with the Browns. For running back, they have Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Damian Pierce, Dario Ogunbowale, Royce Freeman, Darius Anderson, and then at fullback they have Andy Janovich and Paul Questenberry. So Max started his career pretty well, topping a thousand yards in years two and three, but then struggled with injuries. The emergence of Jonathan Taylor made Mac irrelevant in Indianapolis. If he can stay healthy here, he should still be a pretty good back, and this deep room he won't have to have to carry like so much of the load, so hopefully he can stay pretty fresh. Burkhead is not fast or explosive as a running back, but somehow finds his way onto teams and gets some decent carries, including 150 yards against the Chargers. He'll be competing with Damian Pierce, the rookie, for number two reps. Damian Pierce is a rookie power back drafted in the fourth round and should be the short yardage back right out the gate. He was extremely efficient at Florida, but never saw a huge workload meaning that his legs should be fresh, but it may take some time for him to adjust to having a potentially larger workload. Down the line, though, he definitely could develop into this team's bell cow. Ogumbawale has been a change of pace back so far in his career, but isn't an overly fast guy, so he kind of provides a similar skill set to Burkhead. Freeman has shown some promise early in his career with Denver, but has been disappointing recently, splitting time as a backup with Carolina and here with the Texans. Anderson went undrafted in 2020 and has not played yet. Janovich has been a decent fullback so far, but um, not really like a bad blocker or receiving threat, but nothing really too special. And then Questenberry went undrafted in 2020 and so far has one career snap. 
At wide receiver, they have Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, John Mechie, Philip Dorsett, Chris Conley, Chris Moore, Jalen Camp, Connor Weddington, Chad Beebe, Drew Estrada, Johnny Johnson III, and Davian Davis. Cooks has been consistently a great receiver no matter where he goes. He's a great deep threat with 4-3-3 speed while also being able to work underneath with smooth route running. He's got to be like the most underrated true number one in this league, and he's bought into this team by signing a two-year contract extension. Collins has some promise entering year two as a 6'4", 220-pound receiver with 4.45 speed. He finished just short of 450 yards and one touchdown last year as a rookie, so he'll definitely need to step it up in year two, but he does have the physical ability to do so. Menchie is an extremely talented route runner drafted in the second round last year. He stores ACL in the SEC championship game last year, so he likely won't be ready right away, but when he does get out there, he should be make an immediate difference maker from the slot, despite having a limited physical upside. Dorsett fizzled out after being a first-round pick for the Colts. He was traded to the Patriots, where he flashed a bit as a deep threat, but wasn't consistent there. He has since bounced around to Seattle and Jacksonville before landing here in Houston. He'll likely see a handful of snaps due to the shallow nature of this room, but he'll most likely just be a uh, speed threat. And then Conley, he's been a depth receiver in this league since being drafted in 2015 by the Chiefs. He had his chance to shine when signing with Jacksonville as a deep threat, putting up over 700 yards with an average depth of target of over 14, but he struggled with drops and saw his production drop the years following. Now he hopes to make a roster spot here in Houston for a second year in a row. Moore played mostly outside with Baltimore, but became more of a slot guy when he joined Houston. With Mechie still recovering, he'll have a shot to push for starting in the slot role despite an unimpressive career so far. Camp went undrafted in the 6th round last year and hardly played. Weddington went undrafted last year and didn't play at all. And then BB will also be completing for the slot role after being a depth piece for these past 4 years in Minnesota and missing all of last year with injuries. Estrada and Johnsons are undrafted free agents from this year's class, and Davis went undrafted in 2019 and saw his first snaps last year, mostly from the slot. At tight end, they have Brevin Jordan, Pharaoh Brown, Tegan Quintoriano, Anthony Eclair, Mason Shrek, and Seth Green. Brevin Jordan is a speedy, athletic tight end who is a bit on the smaller side, drafted in the fifth last year. He won't provide much as a blocker, but if he can continue to develop, he can be a pretty legit mismatch problem. Brown went undrafted back in 2017 and has slowly been working his way up the depth charts. He saw significant snaps last year, but hasn't eclipsed 200 yards in a season yet. Quintoriano was a fifth round pick in this year's class out of Oregon State. Eclair is a blocking tight end, seeing a pretty significant amount of snaps last year. Shrek was a backup for the Bengals for years, hardly playing, and Green is a UDFA from this class. Along the offensive line, their starters project to be Laramie Tunsil, Kenyon Green, Justin Britt, AJ Can, and Titus Howard, with Charlie Heck, Cedric Ogbuohi, Austin Deculus, and Myron Cunningham backing up at tackles, Justin McRae, Trevor Wallace-Sims, Mac Sharping, and Jordan Steckler, backing up at guard, and Jimmy Mers, Jimmy Morrissey and Scott Questenberry backing up at center.
When Tunsil was traded to the Texans, he quickly emerged as a top pass protector at the position. After missing much of last year with injuries, there was rumors that he wanted out of Houston. However, he stuck around and he should be a rock for this offensive line. Heck started last year at right tackle for much of the year, but wasn't overly impressive, so he'll likely be the sixth lineman slash swing tackle this year. Ogboahi was drafted in the first round by Cincinnati back in 2015, but due to injuries and poor play, he never panned out. So now he's just fighting for a roster spot. Kenyon Green was drafted 15th in this year's draft and is a pretty high floor guard that should provide some solid level play right out the gate, especially when playing next to an elite left tackle like Tunsil. McRae has played every position along the offensive line and started many games at right guard for the Texans last year. He doesn't provide the highest level of play, but his versatility is definitely valuable. Wallace Sims went undrafted in 2020 and appeared in one game last year where he didn't have a great outing. Britt has been a capable starting center for years with Seattle and then last year with Houston. However, these last two years, he has struggled staying on the field. Morrissey was drafted in the seventh last year by the Raiders, but was cut and picked up by Houston. He started four games and didn't look great as one would expect out of a seventh round rookie, but he did get better as he got more experience, so maybe there's something there. Questenberry was drafted in the fifth in 2018 by the Chargers and saw mostly backup snaps. He did start from week 14 on in 2019 and only gave up 11 pressures and one sack, but he returned to his backup role in 2020 and 2021. Can has been a starting caliber guard for Jacksonville since being drafted in the third back in 2015. He was off to the worst year of his career before getting injured last year in week four, so hopefully he can bounce back here with Houston. Sharping was drafted in the second round of 2019 and has gotten some starting experience, but hasn't been good so far. This will be likely his last year to try and start here in Houston if he can beat out Can. Steckler went undrafted two years ago and hasn't played yet. Titus Howard has been pretty disappointing in his first three years into his career after being drafted in the first round. After bouncing between guard and tackle, he seemed to have found his fitting though last year at left tackle. Houston hopes this can continue on the opposite side with Tunsil coming back. Deculus was drafted in the 6th round out of LSU this year, and Cunningham is a UDFA this season. For interior defensive linemen, they have Malik Collins, Rory Lopez, Ross Blacklock, Thomas Booker, Michael Dwumfor, Adadeo Odelayi, Kurt Hinnish, and Damian Daniels. So Collins is a pass rushing specialist interior lineman who got better each of his four years in Dallas before looking pretty terrible with the Raiders. He did bounce back last year with um, Houston, so he should be a solid interior pass rush presence for this team yet again. Lopez was drafted in the sixth last year and instantly became a starter as an early down run stuffer type. In year two, we'll see if his role expands or if he's just going to continue to be this primary run defender. Blacklock was taken in the second round of 2020 and the team was hoping that he would develop into a great pass rusher from the middle. So far in his career though, that hasn't happened and he'll likely just be a rotational lineman. He should see a good amount of snaps versus the pass though, so hopefully he can capitalize on that. Booker is a high upside fifth round rookie out of Stanford. He has great physical tools, he just needs to put it all together, so we'll see how long it takes him to reach his potential and if he can. Dwumfor went undrafted last year and saw a handful of snaps, but didn't have much of an impact his rookie year. Odelayi, Hinnish, and Daniels are all UDFAs from this class, with Odelayi being an international player.
So that's uh, pretty cool. They have this international pipeline and each of the AFC South teams um, pretty much got one international player this year. So for edge defenders, they have Ogbania Okwankwo, Jonathan Grenard, Jerry Hughes, Rasheem Green, Mario Addison, Jordan Jenkins, Derek Rivers, Damone Harris, and Troy Hairston II. Okwankwo got better each year as a rotational pass rusher in LA. Now leaving that good situation, we'll see if with more playing time he can be a starting caliber edge or if that system and playing next to Aaron Donald made him appear better than he actually is. Grenard was drafted in the third round of 2020 and had a really solid year last year as a rotational rusher. He missed some time due to injury, but this year he should start and has a chance to be a pretty good edge here. Hughes has been a consistent pressure getter for Buffalo for years, but is getting up there in age. At this point his career, he'll likely just be a DPR or a designated pass rusher, but should be productive in that role still. Green had an alright four seasons with Seattle after being selected in the third round. Now in his first season with the Texans, he'll be buried a bit in the depth chart, so we'll see how often he can see the field. Addison, similarly to Hughes, is coming over from Buffalo and is getting up there in age. His play last year wasn't as high as Hughes though, so he'll probably struggle more to see the field and honestly is a bit of a cut candidate as he is older and this is a pretty deep room even though there's not that high-end talent. Jenkins saw a handful of rotational snaps last year, but with so much new talent in this room, he'll likely be an afterthought. Rivers has bounced around since being a third-round pick for the Patriots back in 2017, so far having less than 400 total defensive snaps. And then Harris went undrafted in 2018 and has hardly played yet for three different teams, and Harrison is a UDFA this year. For linebackers, they have Christian Kirksey, Cameron Ruger-Hill, Garrett Wallow, Christian Harris, Neville Hewitt, Jalen Reeves-Mabin, Blake Cashman, Tay Davis, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, and Jake Hansen. So Kirksey has been a pretty decent linebacker throughout his career after being drafted in the third round back in 2014 by the Browns. However, his play seems to have been going downhill recently, so maybe he has passed his prime. Kruger Hill, he's been a pretty solid backup since being drafted in the sixth back in 2016, and has looked decent in limited action, but last year as a starter and his first year in Houston, he looked pretty poor. He'll likely start this season again, but you hope that a younger player like the rookie Christian Harris will take his job soon. Wallow was drafted in the 5th round last year and saw a solid amount of snaps, but definitely looked like a rookie 5th round pick out there, you know? Um, Harris, he has all the tools needed to be a great linebacker at 6'4", 220 with 4'4 speed and 98th percentile broad jump. He just needs to develop a better coverage feel. Um, we'll see how long it takes him to do so, and I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing him um, play sooner rather than later, as the Texans may value getting him some development and playing time over having just better play. Hewitt is a better run-stuffing linebacker than pass cover guy, and I could see some time on early yeah. downs with him in that role. Reeves Maven spent the last five years in Detroit, starting much of last year in a third thin linebacker room. He'll be able to push for time here too, but hasn't shown the highest level of play so far. Cashman showed a lot of potential in college, but got drafted in the fifth round of 2019 due to some injury concerns. Those concerns have come to fruition as he's hardly been able to see the field for the Jets and was just traded to the Texans. If he can stay healthy, he still has high potential, but that's becoming a bigger and bigger if. 
Davis went undrafted in 2018 and played a good amount as a rookie, but hasn't played much since then with the Giants or the Browns. Pierre Lewis flashed when getting defensive snaps early in his career as a primary special teams guy, but when he got his opportunity to start in Washington, he disappointed. And then last year with Houston, he hardly saw the field. Hansen is a UDFA from this season. So for cornerbacks, they have Derek Stingley Jr., Steven Nelson, Tavier Thomas, Desmond King II, Fabian Moreau, Tremont Smith, Isaac e. Adam, Kendall Sheffield, Tristan McCollum, and Jacoby Francis. Derek Stingley, if he can stay healthy, has the potential to be a top five corner in this league. I loved him coming out. Um, it definitely can take corners some time to adjust to the NFL, so he might struggle a bit in year one, and he also does have a bunch of injury concerns, but if all those pan out, he should be a great piece for this team long term. Steven Nelson was a pretty solid number two with Philly, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City throughout his career and should satisfy that same role here. Thomas went undrafted in 2018 and saw the most snaps of his career last year, being a solid slot corner for the squad last year. Desmond King was instantly a great slot cornerback for the Chargers back in 2017 after being drafted in the fifth round. However, he fell out of favor with the staff and was traded to Tennessee, and then that offseason he signed with Houston, where he primarily played outside. With the two outside corners already set, he'll likely compete for the um, slot job with Tavier Thomas. Moreau looked decent in Washington as like a rotational corner getting a good amount of starts and then started all of last year with Atlanta where he looked alright as a number two. He'll probably be the guy to step up if one of the two outside corners go down. Smith hasn't played too much since being drafted in the sixth round um, back in 2018, making two starts for Houston last year and giving up about 100 yards on the entire season. Yadam was drafted in the third round back in 2018 by the Broncos, but has been a disappointment there and his other stops so far as well. Um, he's going to need a fight to make a roster spot here. Sheffield was drafted in the fourth round in 2019 by the Falcons, but didn't look good there at slot or outside in his three years. And then McCollum and Francis are UDFAs from this class. So for safeties, they have Eric Murray, Jalen Petrie, MJ Stewart, Terrence Brooks, Graylin Arnold, and Jonathan Owens. Murray was drafted in the fourth round of the 2016 draft by Kansas City and showed some flashes there early on, but has been picked apart in coverage recently. Um, he is the most experienced player in this room though and will likely get the starting nod. Petrie played in the slot for Baylor, but the second round pick showed the ability to be much more than that at the NFL level. If his talent can be unlocked, he should be an above average starting safety sooner rather than later. Stewart disappointed in Tampa after being a second-round pick back in 2018, but looked pretty great towards the end of this last campaign with the Browns. He should see a lot of snaps as the number three safety and could even push Petrie or Murray for their starting jobs. Brooks has been in the league since 2014, never being a starter but providing some veteran leadership and a third-slash-fourth safety value. Arnold went undrafted in 2020 and hardly played yet, Owens, he also went undrafted but in 2018 and also only seeing a handful of snaps so far throughout his career. So for their special teams unit, they have Kaimi Fairbairn at kicker, Cameron Johnston at punter, and John Weeks at long snapper. Fairbairn is a decent kicker with a field goal percentage of 83% throughout his career, but last year was his worst yet, hitting only 78% of his kicks and 81% of his point after tries. 
Johnston has had a solid career so far, averaging a net of 42 yards in four years between Houston and Philly. And then weeks, he's been the team's long snapper since 2013. Alright, so this is when I get into the season projection, where I talk about a pessimistic overview and optimistic overview of their roster, um, as well as giving what I think are their floor and ceiling, talk about their over-under win total, as well as their biggest strength and biggest weakness. So starting off pessimistically, um, this team definitely could have the number one overall pick. Uh, it's just not really that good of a roster. I think they are going to win at least two games. You know, they play Jacksonville twice, and somehow teams always manage to sneak a game in. But you know, honestly, maybe they can go 0-17. <laughs> um, hate to say that, but yeah, this, this, this ain't looking too hot for them. Um, so some things that can go wrong, though, is Mills. If he doesn't take a step forward, he could look like an average backup at best. Um, this running back room is mediocre at best. No high-end back, you know. Brandon Cooks is this team's only viable wide receiver, with Collins disappointing in year two and Mechie struggling to come back from that ACL tear. Brevin Jordan, he looks like just all right at tight end, but it's definitely far from a mismatch problem here in year two. The offensive line struggles with health again, and Green struggles as a rookie with Howard also looking bad, moving back over to right tackle. Collins regresses again, like looking more like how he did in Vegas, and no one else along this interior is able to generate any pressure. Um, the edge group, they look like just a bunch of rotational players with no one really stepping up and being a true, at least number two. Um, linebackers getting torched in coverage, and Stingley, he struggles with the injuries or just adjusting to the speed of the NFL as a rookie. Murray looks poor once again, and Petrie, he might not be able to hit the ground running. Um, even optimistically, I don't really see this team winning much more than five games. Um, as I said, they just aren't very talented, and there aren't a lot of winnable games on their schedule. Um, but there are still chances for them. Mills, he can show some flashes and give the team some faith that he can be a long-term starter. Pierce might be able to take this running back one role in year one and give that room some true upside. Collins, if he steps up, and John Mechie, if he's able to hit the ground running as a slot, this could be a pretty decent wide receiver room. Um, Jordan continues to develop and is at least like a viable threat at tight end. If this offensive line stays healthy, it could be at least like an average unit across the board. Collins, he can look good again, and either Blacklock or Brooker or someone else steps up as another pass rushing threat along this interior. Grenard and or Ankaronkwo look better as starters than they did as rotational pieces. And this linebacker room could be at least top 20 if Kirksey and Christian Harris look good. Um, Stingley, he shows why he was drafted number three overall. And then Petrie, he helps out the safety room with this. the rest of the secondary playing average at worst. Um, definitely think that's all realistic. But still, I don't really think this is going to be a good team. Um... They do play Jacksonville twice, which could help them win a game or two, and then maybe they'll sneak another couple wins in, but I definitely think they need to get worse before they get better. I would bet the under, which probably would be best for them, honestly, as then they can draft Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or just someone else who emerges and have a clear path to the better future. One of the worst things that could happen is Mills shows just enough and wins just enough games where they can't draft one of these top quarterbacks and you still don't know whether or not he can be your future. Um, honestly, this roster is so mid everywhere with no true strengths. The best player right now is definitely Brandon Cooks, but 
I think the secondary has a chance to actually win them some games if they can hit their upside. Um, Stingley and Petrie have great upside as rookies. Nelson, I think he should be like an average cornerback at worst. That's just kind of what he's shown throughout his career. And between King and Thomas, they should get some pretty viable slot play. Um, their second safety spot could be concerning, but one of Murray or Stewart should be able to provide some defense play. I would believe so, at least. So yeah, while this secondary might not be viewed as a strength across the league, it definitely could be a strength for in comparison to the rest of this roster. Um, because as mentioned with their strengths, they just don't really have any talent on this roster. Um, yeah, maybe none of these positions are going to be absolute train wrecks, but it's hard to see any of these groups being better than really like the 20th best in this league. Like maybe the secondary, maybe they're wide receivers. But other than that, it's kind of like a stretch to say that any of these positions are really going to be good. And so that's just kind of is a pretty big weakness if you just don't have strengths. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. Sorry, it's kind of ending on a bummer there, but not all teams are going to be good. That's part of what makes the NFL so fun. Um, if you like this video, leave a like, comment, subscribe. If you didn't like it, comment below. What, what don't you like about it? If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Google or wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, um, leave a five-star review. It helps spread the word. And, yeah, I'll be back. See you guys Monday.